when we say that we want to be productive is to be, um, you know, is to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is to be a better habit of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So always have this, you know, um, intention in mind, meaning that, you know, I want to maximize my energy, not because I want to lose weight or because I want to look good, but yeah. because I want to be a better habit of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Bismillah. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to Daraja. This is Omar bringing you the Stairway to Your Higher Self podcast. Daraja is an Arabic word that means levels, stages, steps, or degrees. In each episode, we'll bring you stories of Muslim leaders from around the world who have overcome significant challenges through discipline, positivity, and faith. Our goal is that you'll be inspired through their stories to reach your higher self. Welcome to Daraja. Have you ever come to the end of Ramadan and ask yourself the question, did I do the best during Ramadan? Could I have done better? What did I not do that I could have done? What did I miss out? Well, all those questions we're going to delve in today. I am excited to be speaking with Hanan Ramdani, who's a seasoned business transformational specialist. Hanan's expertise spans diverse industries. Her journey towards becoming a certified faith-based productivity trainer began with a transformative experience at the Productive Muslim Company Retreat. Fueled by a desire for holistic productivity, she emerged from a personal crisis, embracing coaching and spiritual awakening. Today, she stands as a beacon of positive change, committed to empowering others through her platform, The Productive Sister. Hanan, assalamu alaikum and welcome to Daraja. Wa alaikum salam and thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. So obviously, you know, you're all about productivity, helping Muslims becoming the best version of themselves. Could you share some insights into the mindset shift needed to transition from a scarcity mindset to a barakah mindset during Ramadan? Ramadan is uh, uh, known to be a blessed month. And so um, the mindset shift actually comes, uh, I would say, gradually. And for me, it has its ups and downs. Coming to Ramadan, I put myself in a mode where I really look into um, what are my aspirations for uh, Ramadan. And then this helps me uh, shifting to an abundant mindset where I want to, you know, take advantage of every single minute, every single day, every single week of this uh, Ramadan by really being conscious on how I'm going to maximize my energy, my focus and my routine to be the most productive during Ramadan. Because we know that Ramadan can be um, a busy month for uh, a lot of people. And uh, this requires careful planning. And I would call it praiseworthy planning. So you talked about energy and time or routine. How can we make the best of Ramadan given those three components? It's really three principles, you know, where we need to know ourselves when it comes to sleep, when it comes to nutrition, and when it comes to movement. So to maximize our energy is actually looking at these three principles. How can I, you know, how can I um, maximize my sleep during Ramadan? Our whole planning and our whole routine is completely thrown away, right? It's like um, during Ramadan, we want to do much more. We want to do tarawih and we want to do tahajjud. We want to increase 
you know, our act of worship. So how do I make sure that uh, my energy is at uh, top level? So when we look at sleep, for example, it's really monitoring uh, how much sleep do I need to be performant. Um, I have, uh, you know, during my master classes, I teach uh, people that, you know, they need to equip themselves to know exactly uh, how sleep cycle work, how many sleep cycle I need, and making sure that, you know, when that alarm clock rings in Fajr, it actually rings when we are at a state where we are ready to wake up, right? So a lot of people struggle to wake up for Fajr. During Ramadan, we have these, you know, um, aspiration to wake up for Fajr, even before Fajr to get the Suhoor. Um, we need to wake up at least one hour before Fajr. So it's all about maximizing uh, our sleep and making sure that we can slot in enough sleep cycle during the night and also adding naps during the day if necessary. So that's the first principle. When it comes to food, it's about knowing, you know, what is going to be tayyib, what is going to be good in terms of wholesomeness. You know, a lot of people know everything about halal and they know when to get halal food. But when it comes to tayyib, what is going to nourish my body so that I keep my energy up throughout the day? I know that we all have our delicious, you know, must have during Ramadan that are composed of a lot of sweet and uh, fried food, but it's all about, you know, uh, making sure that we want to be performing and we want to make the most out of Ramadan and, and know what to eat at least 80% of the time. So I teach, you know, how to maximize uh, the nutrition and, uh, you know, feed our body, soul and mind with the best food that is tayyib. And when it comes to movement, Usually, you know, when it comes to uh, having more energy and having a successful uh, Ramadan, um, and when it comes to planning that Ramadan, a lot of people make the assumption that because they're going to be exhausted, because they're going to be uh, fasting, therefore um, workout or even, you know, going to the gym or even movement is out of the question. So what I teach is really incorporate minimum movement because our body to function, our brain needs movement and needs our body, you know, to be in the best of shape. So um, for me, uh, Ramadan is about movement. Get that movement, even if it's just for a walk, you know, while you get your sun exposure. Sun exposure is really key to maintain a good sleep. So if you want to have good sleep and also maintain movement, what I advise is take your walk after sunrise, after you have done your dhikr, after fajr, and then, you know, walk for 25 minutes. It doesn't have to be really uh, strenuous, but at least, you know, get your body moving to have, you know, uh, energy throughout the day. A body that isn't moving is a brain that is not functioning. For someone who may live in a very uh, warm climate close to the equator, it gets hot, the days are long. You still recommend going for long walks? When it comes to uh, walk, I talk about movement and mobility exercise. It can be mobility movement at home. It could be outside to get that sun exposure. 
uh, but it's really key for uh, for maintaining a good sleep for our brain. And when it comes to country where, um, you know, days uh, are very long, it's really about movement. So if you feel like it's very warm in your country, mobility movement um, is very, uh, you know, very much enough and you can do it in the comfort of your uh, of your house. And uh, it's uh, it's doable. It's really um, you know uh, as you know as you as you feel like it, right? So movement should be at least twenty five minutes. Whether it is just work walking, it can be uh, in a treadmill at home. It can be mobility movement at home. It could be outside to get that sun exposure. Uh, but it's really key for uh, for maintaining a good sleep if, and for our brain. And when it comes to country where um, you know days uh, are very long, after Fajr, put yourself in a dock, uh, eye mask, uh, really much you know um, uh, earplugs to make sure that the body thinks that it's still night time, and mm-hmm. to have two additional uh, sleep cycle after Fajr. At the end of the day, is really about knowing yourself, knowing your body, and what you need to stay focused and energized. So when you say sleep cycle, are you talking about sort of like the rapid eye movement? So we have um, one cycle goes through different stages, right? So one cycle of sleep is approximately for 99% of individual up to it's between 100 and 120 minutes. And so this is one cycle and each cycle goes through five stages and each stages, you know, you have the first two that are light sleep and then you go into deep sleep and then you go into REM, which is rapid eye movement, and then back to a second cycle. So these five stages cycle are repeated throughout the night. And depending on the individual, you might need three cycle or four or five. And when you look at that, you have to be very strategic about when you go, when you need to go to bed and when you're going to wake up so that when you wake up for your suhoor or for your tahajjud, it is at a time where your body is going through a phase where you have light sleep. So it's easier for you to wake up, right? If you set your alarm and you are in deep sleep or you are in REM sleep, it's going to be very difficult to wake up. You're going to be groggy all day. So when I say knowing yourself is knowing uh, how many sleep cycles you need, and when can you wake up to optimize your energy? One of the things I personally struggle with is um, it's the afternoons, right? So normally right after Dhuhr, uh, between Dhuhr and Asr is where I have a slope. Right? Is that connected to my sleep cycle or could that be the food or the lack of exercise? It could be a combination of, uh, of uh, different things. So uh, do you have enough sleep cycle uh, during the night, how can you compensate with uh, a nap? If you take a nap, are you taking a nap for a full sleep cycle or a power nap of uh, 20 minutes or um, the food you actually eating uh, making you more tired? So it's all of these factors that, you know, I, uh, I actually um, uh, teach people how to manage their, um, uh, their routine so that they, they, they know exactly what they need to, to, to tweak and uh, how to optimize um, their energy. So sleep 
is is a is a big one because a lot of food um, affect our sleep, right? We know that some of the food um, uh, can uh, can have a huge impact on our sleep, and I would say that you know the afternoon slop is really really common. A lot of people um, uh, you know experience that after the hot, especially if they have been up since uh, fajr, and fajr is early where they live. So uh, the Prophet Sallallahu used to take a nap before duhur uh, or after duhur so the, uh, the 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 advice that i would give here is really take a nap but me, be mindful of what type of nap you're taking don't take a one uh, you know one hour nap because it's going to make you feel even more tired oh, yeah. the uh, the ideal is between 20 and 23 minutes there's a lot of science around it 20 to 23 minutes and put your alarm on so and this is all about being more productive right as yes. your um, as your your platform is the productive sister what does productivity mean to you as someone who focuses on productivity productivity is really um uh, energy time focus time time and this is all towards a beneficial goal and when you add the baraka factor onto each of these components, this is where, you know, you can maximize your productivity. But again, productivity is, you know, not necessarily only related to work or, you know, anything we do uh, in our different role and responsibility in life. But it's really making sure that, you know, wh when we say that we want to be productive is to be um, you know, is to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is to be a better habit of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So always have this, you know, um, intention in mind, uh, meaning that, you know, I want to maximize my energy, not because I want to lose weight or because I want to look good, but yeah. because I want to be a better habit of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I want to manage, you know, my focus uh, and I want to manage my time, not because I want a promotion at work. That's because, you know, I want to be a better father, a better husband, a better mother, a better wife. And, you know, in all of these roles and all of this uh, baraka is actually uh, taking me, uh, putting me, you know, closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How do we maintain that focus? How do we stay focused on doing it for the sake of Allah? So it's really um, about keeping the, um, the, the the intention in mind. So what, what is my intention? Uh, we talk about intention is really having this gardener mindset. And as the gardener, you know, it doesn't know actually the, the outcome. It's like if it's working, alhamdulillah, we show, um, you know, uh, shukur. And if it doesn't work, we also uh, show shukur and sabr, right? So at the end of the day, we are in control of nothing. That's how I like to put it. We are in control of nothing. Allah is in control. So uh, all of this, you know, when we say that we want to be productive is really, uh, you know, towards our intention. And we do the best we can and we leave the rest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is actually when we want to embrace what we call a baraka culture versus, you know, the hustle culture that is kind of, you know, more towards uh, the self, the ego, the dunya, uh, the greed, etc. Embrace a baraka culture where you know everything is uh, has a, an intention toward Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Everything is about being content, about you know small steps, about making you know the effort to uh, you know towards uh, these intention and leaving the the rest to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Is productivity a, is it a destination or is it kind of a journey? Could you talk about how, how do I get to be productive? 
So uh, that's an interesting uh, question. And I would say that say that the result is someone that uh, is embracing a, uh, a baraka culture that is content and satisfied and is pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So how now if we want to talk about the how, it's really, um, you know, uh, having, um, having set uh, clear intention. And having also, uh, you know, set in put in place a routine towards these uh, intentions. So for me, I'm, I'm all about uh, setting up routine and uh, building these uh, these uh, routine to make sure that we keep in track uh, on track with what we want to uh, what we want to do. So I would say that um, the idea of uh, yes, I am productive is something that is really uh, uh, per individual. I feel like I am productive when I see myself growing, when I see myself progressing, and when I feel that um, I am at the opposite of what I have been through a few years ago, which is burnout. So really in a state of Sakina, when I'm tranqu uh, tranquil and when I feel like, you know, I'm doing my best, this is where I feel that I am productive. And productive as Muslim can be very different than a secular, a secular definition of productivity. Mm. So, yeah, and I think it was uh, Ibn Qayyim who said, you know, you know, you shouldn't kind of live out your destiny. You should kind of fight the destiny with a different, fight that destiny with a different destiny. And yes. that destiny is productivity. Yes. Correct. So I wanted to I wanted to follow up on something you said earlier around burnout. You went through some challenges earlier, uh, several years ago. Could you tell us what was what what was that challenge and how did you overcome that challenge? Sure. So um, my challenge was that um, I had a very uh, demanding job, and that job was. Um, requesting me to work on different time zones and to travel um, travel a lot. So um, I have, you know, I, I traveled a lot for work and uh, that was actually a culmination. Uh, I feel like when I look at it, I went through several burnout without even realizing it. But then the realization that I was burnt out was while I was, you know, um, really, you know, thinking about my purpose in life and what am I doing as an individual and then what am I doing as a Muslim uh, person? And when I was asking myself, um, am I being like a good Muslim? This is where it, it really hit me. It's, uh, I knew that I was being, you know, a great program director. I was really, really uh, successful. I was very productive from that secular sense in a, in a, in a way that um, uh, all of my projects were successful. I was bringing a lot of money to my employer. Uh, I was getting a lot of uh, um, uh, tap in the shoulders and you're doing a great job. You're getting, but deep inside of me, something was missing. Something was telling me, this is not it. This is not it. So... Around 2018, uh, I would say end of 2017-18, I was uh, traveling back and forth between uh, Sydney, Australia and Paris, France. 
Um, I was actually uh, in Australia for a few years and I had accepted a job at this uh, new company and they wanted to do business with friends. And it wasn't the, 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 the reason for hiring me, but when they realized that I was French, they wanted me to uh, help them in that project. So it started really, really, you know, small where they was like, oh, okay, can you help me translate these emails? And then because I had my, uh, my position, I had my objectives, I had my KPIs. And when they saw my potential, um, they actually asked uh, ask me, like, could you please go full time for this um, new business we have in France? Because we really need your input. And knowing me, knowing how ambitious I was, knowing how I was passionate about getting things done and passionate about new uh, business venture, I accepted it. And, and then I started to go back and forth between Sydney and Paris on, on a monthly basis, which was really, really, uh, really hard. And I started to work day and night because during the day I was in France and during the night I was catching up with my team in Australia because I was the only one on site and everything else was in Australia. And it went on and on and on and on without even realizing it because all I was saying was I need to, I mean, as a program director, what you what you see is deliverables. I needed to deliver. And um, my family is in France, right? So on the weekend, I was uh, visiting my mom, my mother, my sisters and, 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 and my brothers. And I felt that disconnect. I felt like I was so involved with my project that when I was going on weekend to see my parents, I felt like I, I lost it all. Like they were, you know, pretty much, you know, calmer than me. They were spending a lot of time in Ibada. I was actually rushing my prayers all the time. I was skipping on uh, some of my prayers, God forbid. Uh, Ramadan, Ramadan 2018, I spent it in France and I find myself putting excuses saying, well, I'm a traveler, maybe I shouldn't be fasting. And then it hit me, you know, when I actually sat with my mom and we were going to Taraweh together. I'm like, this is not it. Like um, success at work is not success in life. And for me, you know, uh, for a lot of years, success at work was key. Uh, it was my only way to show what I was capable of. And um, I felt, you know, something needed to change. And my sisters, they came to see me uh, near my work location. And they told me, like, we don't recognize you. And I'm like, what do you mean? I was like, you're, you know, you're like, you're like a, a shock. Like, you know, you're going after all of this. And the way you talk, you know, you want to be successful in this business. Where is Hanan? Um, where is the kind Hanan? Because, you know, Hanan means kind in Arabic. So they were telling me in French, where is the kind Hanan? Where is she? And, uh, and this is, you know, where I really realized that something uh, needed to change. And uh, that same week, I actually collapsed before I reached the door of the, of the client HQ uh, entrance. I just collapsed. And this is all I remember. I collapsed and um, someone woke me up saying, are you okay? And um, I say, yeah. And the crazy thing there is that I don't know how, but I drove myself to the nearest hospital. I came to my senses and I'm like, I'm just going to check myself in the hospital. And I went to the hospital and I had the, the kindest uh, ER doctor ever. And um, uh, she told me, I see women like you every day. I have no medication for you. I have no prescription for you. I'm just going to give you one thing to do. One thing to do. 
Otherwise, if you don't accept, I'm going to keep you here for two weeks. And she said, first of all, you, uh, are, you have like iron deficiency. There is no more iron in your blood, which means that when it comes to energy, focus and time, <laughs> you can't function, right? And she's like, your body needs iron. Your body needs vitamin. I don't know what you've been eating, but it's not nourishing your body. And she said, what I'm going to ask you to do is you go back to your hotel and she said, and you're going to enjoy life for two weeks. You're going to enjoy life with your family and you're going to completely forget about work. I see women like you every day. We, we, we think that we need to go through that. It is not true. So go get two weeks of leave. I will give you the, the certificate, but just forget about work. And you come back after that. The conclusion of that is that two weeks later, I had the best time with my family and actually realized that I'm replaceable <laughs> because at work they had replaced me. They had when, you know, they had uh, gone on with the project and everything was fine. Everything was fine. And then after that, I went back to Sydney and I registered myself uh, to the Productive Muslim Retreat that was um, coming up in Indonesia. And I went to this retreat and I thought to myself, this is where, you know, I'm really going to realize what I want to do in life. And Mohammed Faris took us through the principle of the Baraka culture. Uh, framework, but also uh, how to be productive. And that whole idea of productivity took a new turn. And I'll just uh, add um, uh, something here. Uh, I love Imam al-Ghazali. I listen to and I read Imam al-Ghazali a lot. And when I, uh, I watch a video um, on Imam al-Ghazali and time management and how to uh, be productive throughout the day, work comes at the position number four. First is worship God. Then it's all about seeking beneficial knowledge. Then it's about spending time with your family. And then it's about taking care of your uh, body. And then he talks about, yes, well, you need to make a living, right? That is why I'm encouraging listeners to, you know, check out your class, because especially during the month of Ramadan, uh, understanding where to focus Mm -hmm. understanding how to maintain, how to build, sustain, maintain that energy to get the baraka will help you focus, right? Because at the end of the day, as you said, you know, as Imam Ghazali said, you know, number one, you have to focus on worshiping Allah, right? Seek knowledge, spending time with your family, uh, take care of your body because your body has a right over you, and then find a job. Do something, yeah. right? For the busy professional who, you know, I still have to do my job. Let's face it. I live in the Western yes. culture. Um, what advice do you have for establishing and maintaining a sustainable Ramadan routine? Sure. So for me, there is actually four key elements. The first thing, uh, as you set your routine to include everything that you want to do and, you know, the horizon of focus that you have just uh, mentioned, our roles and responsibility and so on. It's like, you know, is this routine helping me get to become more God conscious, having taqwa of Allah? So Ibn uh, Atta Allah Iskandiri, he has this quote called praiseworthy planning and it's, pl it's planning with Allah at the center. Right. So this is one of the things that we need to really uh, uh, make sure that we do when we uh, enter Ramadan and we build our routine is really making sure that this is uh, 
praiseworthy and it's a routine that gives us uh, that keep keep us uh, God conscious, right? And you know, instead of putting uh, desire or nafs uh, in the center. The second thing in your routine is that it needs to be proactive. You need to have, you know, you need to to, to be able to pre uh, preempt. Um, you know, people have busy uh, uh, schedule, but when you know that you're gonna have a busy week. Uh, coming up, you know, you're going to have a busy, uh, month going up, going up because things doesn't stop, uh, during Ramadan, right? It's like, it's how will I counterbalance that and maybe get some rest time and take time off on the weekend. So really be conscious of, uh, you know, not putting yourself, uh, in a situation where you're putting too much on your plate, uh, uh when you know that, for example, you want to have 10, uh, 10 last days of Ramadan in Yatikaf. All of this is uh, planning. So being proactive versus reactive and waiting for the first day of Ramadan saying, oh, I forgot my first week of Ramadan. I have this important uh, event at work or I have this important report that I have to put together. Be proactive. So that's the second thing. Um, being proactive versus being uh, reactive. The, the third thing I would say is really be more intentional and, you know, uh, really having an intentional exercise of putting uh, a routine uh, together, right? And finally, be flexible and responsive enough. So let's say, God forbid, uh, something happened and throws you off completely. God forbid you feel, or you fell, you fell sick or you travel or one of your children, you know, happens to have some, some, something, you know, uh, uh, be flexible and just, you know, uh, have this, um, um, this uh, taqwa of Allah and, you know, knows that, you know, you're not in control of it and don't be frustrated because it is is throwing away your whole uh, routine so the key point is really keeping a god consciousness in mind having taqwa of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because at the end of the day you know uh, ramadan is the month uh, it's 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 a blessing right and it's the month where we increase our taqwa of allah so do everything with that god consciousness i want to thank you hanan for being on our show but before we leave uh pursuant to the name of the show daraja what does daraja mean to you daraja remind me of the kaizen method where you know you take one step at a time and you want to make sure that you um, grow 1% at a time. And one, if it's just 1% per day, uh, I'm all into taking small steps. So that's why I love the name of uh, this podcast. Daraja means, you know, take it step by step and be content with the result, um, you know, um, whether it is uh, what you were asking or what Allah has decreed for you. It's really uh, showing gratitude and shukur and sabr that reflect what every Muslim should be embracing. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant you success in this life and the next. Thank you for being on our episode of Daraja. And to you, our listeners, thank you always for tuning in. If you've liked what you heard, please go ahead and subscribe. Tell your friends about us. And we look forward to talking to you on the next episode. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.